Welcome to the Parker Road Podcast for November 29th, 2015. This morning's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon this morning is entitled, Well, Glory Be. And he did that without a lick of help from us, I'm going to tell you. How could we just sit there and not help him? Mm. Thank you. And that piano. Some people can just play and some people can just sing. And we've just witnessed it. I leaned over to Russ and said, he's preaching my sermon. I expect a round of applause when I finish. (laughs) (laughs) Russ said, if I preach like that, I'll get one. I'm not going to preach like that. I can't can't do it. It's in my soul to do it, but somehow I just can't let it out. Mm. And Russ stole my page one. I've been sitting there the whole time trying to think how to redo this, but you're just going to have to hear it twice in case you weren't paying attention during the call to confession. Today is Advent one. It's the day we, get, we start getting ready, getting ready for Christmas, that is. And I'm not asking if you've put up your tree and trimmed it yet. And I'm not asking if you've gotten a lot of your shopping and wrapping done. I'm talking about really getting ready for Christmas. In your heart and in your soul, you know the kind of getting ready that really matters. And we turn, when we turn to our handy-dandy lectionary to guide us in selecting a text from the Bible to lead us to better prepare for Christmas, some might think we ought to start by finding some shepherds and some angels. Some might expect to find donkeys and mangers and stars. Some might even think about gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, but they would be jumping way ahead if you were thinking about that. One might think that there would at least be a young girl expecting, or at least this early on, just learning the news that she is great with child. But no, if you turn to the lectionary, which is, our most, which is most often our source for guiding our themes in worship and preaching, you will find at this time every year apocalyptic writings, end times, doom and gloom, darkness, and anxiety, and foreboding. It's really a strange way to prepare for the coming of the Christ child among us. But that's what we get every year. So Russ and I decided to put the lectionary aside and pick up the Christmas music that the choir will offer on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Gloria in excelsis Deo which is Latin for glory to God in the highest. Four words for four Sundays, and today we get Gloria. We felt that the world's message is pouring into our hearts and into our minds in the recent weeks, has nothing to do, has been nothing but doom and gloom and despair and foreboding. It has been apocalyptic in nature with many breeding, end time fear, 
into our collective psyche. So it seemed to us that just about the last thing folks need when they come to church for the next four weeks is to hear more doom and gloom and darkness. We are, as a people, in desperate need of some light. So it is good that we have started here today with a candle-burning hope and a word to discover, Gloria. In some ways, it's a word that rolls off my tongue pretty easily. It's actually a phrase that I utter fairly often. I googled it. And all I found was that this phrase was an exclamation expressing surprise or shock. And Google said, it's a bit old-fashioned. Well, call me old-fashioned because I say it all the time. Well, glory be. I probably say it just about as much as I say, bless her heart. And what I mean by, well, glory be, is a lot of things wrapped all into these three words. I mean, thank you. And I mean, isn't this grand? And I mean, what a surprise, all wrapped in to three little words at once. I find something that I've lost, well, glory be. Someone surprises me with some good news? Well, glory be. A meeting gets canceled? Well, glory be. You can see how useful this phrase is. I implore you to use it. This Advent season, and use it often, because we need more glory in this world. So I didn't read the assigned lectionary text for today. Instead, I read from the prophet Isaiah, just the first five verses of chapter 40. But chapter 40 is a turning point in this Old Testament book of the Bible. The 40th chapter begins what is known as Second Isaiah. And there's a shift in the writing and the message. Prior to chapter 40, the news spoken in God's name is a difficult word of judgment. The people have rebelled against God. The people have lived at the expense of their neighbors, putting their own desires above the need of others. And these chapters prior to chapter 40, mostly from the 8th century, point forward to a time when Jerusalem would be destroyed. Ah, good news in the church. In 587 BCE, Jerusalem fell to Babylon. And a portion of Jerusalem's population went into exile. Where we pick it up today, chapter 40 and forward, this word of judgment is in the past Jerusalem was destroyed, and a number of its citizens did go into exile. Now, at 2nd Isaiah's writing, 540 BCE, on the other side of this experience, a new word comes to the people of Judah. And the word is a word of comfort and hope for a new future. Now you've got the historical setting. 
after judgment, doom and gloom and living in exile, finally, God speaks up and says, Comfort, oh, comfort my people. Speak tenderly. Yes, people of God, this is what the world needs to be hearing from us church folks. I am so greatly disturbed by what I hear coming from the mouths of so many outspoken Christians these days. Advent is a waiting, a longing, a yearning that an ancient word might still speak. Today, that word sounds like hope. Well, glory be. You see how it's used? You see how effective it is? Isaiah says, a voice cries out. Well, glory be. Somebody is speaking up and speaking out. Will it be my voice? Will it be your voice? If we are not sounding a word of hope, then shame on us. So many Christians are great at doom and gloom and stirring up fear. Folks like us have to counter that word of, with a word of hope. At the interfaith Thanksgiving service this past Tuesday night, a fiery preacher from Baltimore who would have fit much better after that song, I'm going to tell you right now, a fiery preacher from Baltimore used the word absurd. He called us to be absurd. That's what I want us to be. I want us to be absurd. People should look at us as if we have lost our minds crazy for thinking that in times such as these, what with Paris attacks and planes being targeted with bombs and everyone living on high alert and thousands upon thousands of refugees lined up and waiting for a place to go, that we would have a word of hope. It's absurd. But we've got it that's all we've got well glory be hope that cooler heads might prevail oh glory be hope that consensus may override division even if it means us giving in just a little bit. Well, glory be. Hope that disadvantaged children will learn to read. Help me, people. Hope that we might learn the art of generosity. Well, glory be. Hope. That's how we must spend our Advent waiting time. It's the only way to truly prepare for the coming of the Christ child again in our midst. To hope 
is to prepare. Now let me say, hope is not passive dreaming. Hope is action-oriented. Hope will call us to work. Are you ready to do the work of hope? If you are listening to the news or to the conversations around Thanksgiving tables, you will know that most folks are not speaking hope. There's more than enough foreboding out there. I beg you, do not add your voice to it. What hurts me the most is when it comes from folks who claim faith. This is where social media is not a gift to me. When I see some of my friends saying and posting and sharing fear and spewing hatred, it makes me sick to my stomach and embarrassed that we both call ourselves Christian. If Everyone could have been at the interfaith Thanksgiving service where we began with a Unitarian Universalist lit a candle and a Jewish cantor called us to worship and a Hindu chanted a supplication and a Muslim offered a prayer and our very own Laura Baxley chimed a handbell, seven rings. If you had all been there, you would have said, well, glory be. There is hope in this world after all. But do you know we had a slightly smaller crowd than I remember us having? And you want me to tell you why? I know why. Two reasons. People are busy. The main reason, there were people that were scared to come. Come on, people. Hope. We step out right smack dab into the fear that we create. And we sit among it, and we hope together. Do not be afraid. Please, do not add your voice to all the Christians out there speaking fear. It is wrong, it is sinful, it is bad. I've gotten off script. (laughs) Well, glory be. I heard it. Thank you. Thank you. You have really helped me today. You come every Sunday. I might leave the script more often. A voice cries out, Isaiah says. Will it be your voice? Will it be mine? And if it's our voice, will it, what will it sound like? What will we say? I ran across an aha in my study this week. I love ahas. This passage from Isaiah always sends Christians to the New Testament, to Matthew's gospel, where we hear these words. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. So often when we read Isaiah's words, our mind goes directly to John the baptizer. He was a wilderness kind of guy, a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. But in Isaiah's telling, the punctuation makes a large difference. In Matthew we hear the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. In Isaiah, it reads, a voice cries out. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Do you get it? I'm going to do it again because it's very aha and exciting. In Matthew's telling, John, we hear a voice cries out in the wilderness. John the Baptist living in the wilderness. He's weird. He's crazy. He's locust and honey. He dresses funny. He, he's odd a voice cries out in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord but in isaiah it's a voice cries out in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord now you have to think who are all the people you know living in the wilderness that's who we're talking about the difference is subtle but it's crucial when matthew uses isaiah's tradition, he establishes the authority of John the Baptist as a forerunner to Christ. But the prophet in 2 Isaiah suggests something entirely different. The people of Judah will return to their homeland directly through the desert that separates their current location in Babylon from their heritage in the land of Judah. And instead of making the long circuitous journey up and down the Euphrates and the Jordan rivers to go home, God promises to forge a new direct route through the desert. Now, in Sunday school this morning, I pointed out the wilderness and the desert is not Kansas. It's mountainous. It's hilly. It's dry. It's barren. It's hard to travel. And God is saying to these people, you get to go home. And I'm going to send you home on a very direct route. And in order to do that, you're going to have to make the mountains lower and the valleys higher. And you're going to have to even out the rough places so you can make a direct route home. In our passage today, the voice is not crying out in the wilderness. The voice is crying to those in the wilderness. That's the message that should be coming from the church on this first Sunday of Advent. We are crying out hope, glory be, to all those in the wilderness. Our calling is to help straighten the paths of those living in wilderness experiences we will have to lift every valley and make the mountains a little bit lower. We're going to need to level out the ground and make smooth the rough places. This is some of the hardest 
work there is. And it's the only way for us to get ready for Christmas. Feeding the hungry will glory bless. Teaching children to read will glory be. Taking in the refugee, glory be. These are the things of Christmas. And it's our job to proclaim that it is possible. It's utterly absurd. And absolutely possible. If you don't believe that, I just don't even know why you're sitting here. It's absolutely absurd and possible. Please promise me that you will spend this season countering the word of fear and hate and negativity with a word of hope. If you hear it start to come out your mouth that it is fear, anxiety, and verboding, just do this. Just cover your mouth right up and don't even say it. Do not add to it. Promise me you will not add your voice to the chorus of gloom and doom and despair and fear until we can voice our hope. It will never become a reality. But as soon as we allow ourselves to hope, then maybe, just maybe, we will learn to live into our hope until we are truly singing Gloria in excelsis. I wish that there were a sign at the entrance to this room. And I wish that it read, Please check your gloom and doom, despair and fear at the door. Inside you will receive a word of hope and you will see the glory of God. And then I wish that this room would fill up people yearning to hear that. And then I wish as we left, there was a sign over the door that read something like, take what you have found here and do not pick up what you left outside for it has been put away. Now, I'm not so naive as to believe that by being in here, the things that worry you will be corrected or changed or gone. Terrorists will still attack. Do not be afraid. Cancer will still wreak havoc. Wayward children will still misbehave. Being here will not change any of that. But. If we can't learn to speak a word of hope in all of those situations and more, then we shouldn't speak at all. Oh, I've never looked so forward to heading to Christmas. All I have today. May it be so. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. 
Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.